Welcome to the UCC Show. Our email address is uccinfo at ingrammicro.com and follow us on Twitter at ingrammicroinc. Welcome everyone to this week's UCC Show. This week I've got Greg Estelle, President of Education and Enterprise at Smart Technologies. Greg, it's great to finally meet you. Uh, it's taken us a little while to get this uh, interview together, but uh, I'm pleased you're on the uh, on the uh, interview circuit with me now. And I'm fascinated. You've had a, a little bit of a busy couple of weeks or months. So welcome, firstly. Thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. And, and, and thanks for the opportunity to... Uh, to allow me to speak to you today, it's it's uh, it's a really exciting time right now at Smart Technologies. Um, uh, we've most recently, uh, just a little over two weeks ago, uh, announced uh, something that was very important to us as a company because last October uh, we announced our intent to go through a strategic review of the company, uh, and that basically means we wanted to look at different alternatives um, for us to continue to kind of grow and thrive. Uh, in our collaboration solutions, both in education and enterprise. And so two weeks ago, um, we kind of came to a major milestone in that process and by announcing um, the agreement between us and Foxconn, uh, where Foxconn uh, will be acquiring Smart. Uh, we expect to close in the transaction somewhere before the end of the calendar third quarter. Uh, and we're really excited about that uh, here at Smart because we've done a lot of work over the last three years uh, since we brought a new executive team into the company. We've got a new chief executive officer that started with us about three and a half years ago in Neil Gaiden. Uh, Warren Barkley, our chief technology officer, started about that same time. Um, I joined uh, as well, and my responsibility was originally over our education business, now covers both our education and enterprise businesses. Uh, and we've done a tremendous amount of transformation. Uh, just to give you a, a data point, Simon, um, over 60% of our sales now are from products that didn't even exist on our roadmap three years ago. So it's been a very strong period of change, uh, both in the industry, uh, but also kind of how we serve both education and, and enterprise markets. So the Foxconn agreement um, uh, is very exciting because, you know, Foxconn is this uh, huge company that if you're not in the industry, you've never heard of. Uh, because they, you know, are a $130 billion company. They're worth about $30 billion in the capital markets. Um, they produce over 40% of the consumer electronics on the planet. A brand that we all know and love um, from, you know, iPhones to Sony Playstations to a bunch of things that we use every day. Um, but yet uh, Foxconn's done some interesting things around different acquisitions they have proposed lately, whether that's of Sharp. Uh, whether that's their first North American uh, acquisition of a publicly traded company in Smart, some things they've kind of done uh, acquiring uh, the Nokia brand um, from Microsoft to use in a feature phone business they want to start in emerging markets. And, and, and so they've realized, I think, that there was some work they needed to do in terms of how they were going to grow. And they've decided to kind of focus on businesses and unlock some of the value of businesses that are B2B or B2C focused. So, so we're very excited about this because um, the when we close the transaction, we'll have access to you know one of the best supply chains on the planet. We'll have access to some really great technology. 
Um, uh, Foxconn will help support us from a kind of a capital structure. Uh, and it's really going to give us a springboard to future growth, both in our education and enterprise businesses. So it's a really uh, exciting period for us here at the company. Now, it's interesting, right? And firstly, uh, what a tour de force, right? As my, not many of my guests can say, oh, yeah, yeah, we got bought by Foxconn and we've revolutionized the whole business. So this makes it one of the most fascinating podcasts I've done. Uh, second point is, seems to me that Foxconn is moving its way up the supply chain. It's building intellectual property. And that's got to be exciting for you as well as them. Yep. I think it is very exciting for both of us. Obviously, Foxconn now starts getting brands into their portfolio, right? Uh, whether it's Sharp, right? Um, and, and you know, uh, or Smart uh, or the use of the Nokia brand. Um, so, so you can kind of see their strategy now is, you know, they've rung a lot of growth and they're incredibly powerful kind of their supply chain and technology capabilities, but they frankly haven't been growing. Right. So the acquisition of these different companies, including Smart, gives them the opportunity to grow. Right. We're incredibly excited at Smart because, you know, we're, you know, we're a publicly traded but very fairly small company. Um, and yet we service very large and broad markets, both in education globally, as well as all the opportunities that exist in the enterprise. Um, so it really gives us the capability to leverage their technology shelf and leverage their supply chain. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited kind of about what that potential looks like once we close the transaction somewhere again, you know, in, in our calendar third quarter. So it's, it's an exciting time for the employees um, uh, globally. And, and we're very excited about the potential. And now we're kind of going through the process of, of aligning with Foxconn in terms of here's what we would like to do. Here's what they would like to do. But for uh, as an executive here at, at Smart, I'm also happy because we come uh, essentially a private company uh, within uh, Foxconn. And that gives us kind of the latitude for to do really exciting things, but not necessarily have to disclose that every 90 days to the financial markets. And and there's some uh, interesting dynamics in that as well. Oh, yeah. I wrote recently actually about how the end of quarter pressure is, is a horrible strain on many businesses. Uh, it makes you do all sorts of unnatural acts. Every transition needs to take 90 days or less. Uh, it, it's stupid. I, I think that many businesses want to get out of that if they possibly can. Yeah, now, I agree. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves in some sense, right? We're talking about how wonderful it's going to be for you guys and how good it is for Foxconn. But there's going to be some of our audience who doesn't actually know very much about Smart. So. Sure. Why don't we talk about that, right? You're obviously massive in education. You're, you're, you're getting bigger in the enterprise world. Mm -hmm. tell, us, tell us what what Smart's about because you're very much different than you were three, five, seven years ago. Yeah. And, and let me start, Simon, with a little bit of history of the company. Um, you know, just kind of a few data points. I mean, one of the things, you know, we've been at this for over 25 years. Um, and we've really kind of focused on collaboration, either in the classroom or let's say in the boardroom, meeting room, huddle room, what have you, in the enterprise side. But we've got, uh, you know, 3.2 million of our products and our solutions. Uh, we're in 175 different countries. If you kind of focused in our education business alone, right, we're in 2.8 million classrooms globally. Right? 60 million students and teachers use our technology every single day. Um, you know, kind of what we're known for uh, is, frankly, we were kind of the uh, first, uh, you know, to market with something called an interactive whiteboard all the way back in 1991, right? And, and that became kind of a really core part of our business 
at the time in education as well as enterprise. Um, but, the, you know, things have changed very radically uh, since then in terms of hardware technology, software capabilities, et cetera, both in education and enterprise. But we're very proud of, to be the first. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, our business is really kind of transformed. Uh, and we focus on a lot of new technologies in the display world. Uh, and we've really kind of shifted our portfolio there. We can talk about that later. Um, you know, but we've got, you know, uh, you know, over 400 patents. So we've got a significant kind of uh, uh, IP uh, uh, storehouse that we can kind of draw on. And now we've got kind of Foxconn to leverage on that as well. Uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago at Infocom, we introduced kind of the reinvention of the dry erase board in our cap line. Uh, we've continued to expand that now with a product called Cap IQ, which gives some really unique kind of whiteboarding capability, but also the capability around an interactive flat panel. Um, and we've done a tremendous amount of work in our uh, education business around uh, really developing kind of what's at the heart and core of our education business, which, which is our software. Um, teachers know and love kind of our notebook software, but we've really kind of tripled down uh, over the past three years in terms of expanding the capability of notebook, uh, bringing and driving kind of interactive flat panel usage into classrooms. Now we've seen a tipping point here in North America that happened in the UK uh, well over 18 months ago. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's a company that has um, got a very proud uh, legacy, particularly in education. Uh, it's a company that sees the opportunities kind of in the enterprise and collaboration is addressing those. Uh, and it's a company that's really kind of driving towards lots of, you know, simplicity uh, in, in our solutions, uh, whether it's in education uh, or enterprise and kind of driving things like simplicity and connectedness and flexibility and being inclusive with our solutions. And those are kind of four really important cornerstones for our business. So out of interest, right, I, I'm a, I mean, it's funny, you mentioned the UK plainly. I'm from there many years ago and I haven't been in a UK school for 30 years and we didn't have whiteboards we didn't have whiteboards, let alone electronic ones when I was at school. Yep. But are you finding that the market drivers for education, which is mainly your absolute monster market, are they different from the ones, the drivers and the requirements in the in the uh, enterprise market? And, and if they are, how do you square that circle? Sure. Well, it's a great question, Simon, because we do focus on the two markets differently. I mean, that's kind of why uh, I've got to focus on our, on our education markets, because uh, we leverage kind of some of the same technologies, but certainly the application in the classroom is, is vastly different than the application in, in a boardroom or a meeting room. Um, so we have two separate, the way we kind of structure ourselves is literally kind of two separate divisions within the company. Uh, that would include all the way from our uh, go-to-market activities around sales and marketing to how we view our product portfolio um, all the way down the line um, because the markets are different. And what we see happening in education and trends we see in education in terms of technology in the classroom has changed incredibly rapidly. And so we're really focused kind of on that. And on the enterprise side, um, you know, we've just seen the explosion of of the need to have collaborative tools in a variety of different spaces. Um, and we're just seeing that explosion out there and we're kind of doing things that leverage kind of our core technologies, but that are specific for enterprise customers as well. So, so the big word in the whole UC space right now, the video conferencing one, data collaboration space, seems to be this word huddle room. Mm -hmm. um, I was at Infocom myself two weeks ago uh, over in Vegas. 
And I did a talk as part of an IMCCA talk. We had over 170 people in a room designed for 100. Luckily, the fire marshals didn't come in. It was just <laughs> And it was all about, the whole show really was about huddle rooms. Yeah. So is that affecting, because I've, I've always personally felt of whiteboards, well, let's put it this way, meeting rooms, traditionally video conferencing rooms, right, my, my forte, as it were, traditionally were rooms in which people talked about other people doing work. And then huddle rooms, I've always thought of a good definition for that as a relatively small room where people actually do work. So it seems to me that you would fit naturally more into a huddle room than you would into a boardroom experience. Is that what you're finding? And if so, are you changing the type of technologies that you're putting into these smaller rooms? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Simon. I, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of both, right? I think we've kind of evolved as we've seen more and more opportunities uh, in meeting rooms because, you know, frankly, when you look at the planet, right, uh, there's probably two and a half times as many meeting rooms, and you could, could define that in terms of, you know, huddle spaces, which is kind of the biggest category, different types of meeting spaces, et cetera. Uh, but huddle rooms is kind of the biggest category. And there's literally two and a half times the number of spaces as there are kind of classrooms. And so we've always, uh, we have a heritage in education, uh, but we also kind of view great opportunities uh, in, in the enterprise space as well. And so uh, what we have done in, in our portfolio over the past three years is brought a great deal of simplification. So, um, you know, two and a half years ago, uh, we were kind of the first to be out there with kind of our Skype uh, for business systems, uh, our smart room systems that are really kind of powered by Skype for business. And we've seen a lot of success in those. And those are usually deployed kind of more in those kind of traditional meeting spaces where not only can you present the material and not only can you kind of have multiple groups collaborate from all over the planet, you can actually get work done. Uh, in, in the boardroom as well. It's not a stand and deliver uh, as much as it's an ability for those participants to collaborate and communicate uh, through kind of our Skype for business systems. And so we've been very successful with that piece. What we've kind of done to address uh, and support kind of that, that need to collaborate and work uh, in a huddle space together uh, is we've developed kind of our cap family. Um, we started first with a product we introduced uh, about two years ago at, at Infocom, uh, it's the Capboard. It was our kind of uh, reimagining of a, a traditional just whiteboard experience where you basically take a dry erase marker and you could kind of just use it like, you know, these millions of uh, or, you know, uh, thousands of uh, huddle rooms that are already some of which, you know, that's kind of a key thing. You're drawing on glass, you're drawing on different services. We just created basically uh, a dry erase surface, but that you could share with others that were either kind of in the huddle room or outside of it. So, you know, the, the traditional huddle room spaces, you've solved world peace while you're in that huddle room. And what do you do? You step back and you take a picture because you want to make sure the janitor comes that in that evening, doesn't erase the great work that you've done. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're able to kind of capture, save and share that information that you may have created in the huddle room. And so that was kind of the beginning with CAP. And what we've done is essentially kind of extend that. How do you go from the analog on the whiteboard to the digital with Cap IQ? And so we've kind of brought that now into our interactive flat panel space, that same walk up and use simplicity, but we've now made it kind of an interactive flat panel, right? And you can take and share content that you may have originally created in the analog world 
on a, on a dry erase board and share that through a variety of different devices, as well as we've brought kind of mobility in, into the fray by having others, particularly Cap IQ, uh, that Simon, you may, I may be at a Cap IQ board here in my office in Calgary, you're in Austin, and you've got your personal digital device, and we're able to kind of collaborate together and kind of work on solutions together while you're on your personal device, and I'm kind of working at a CapIQ device, and we can bring others into that collaboration as well. So we've really created this very simple solution uh, to make those uh, you know, meetings more inclusive, uh, to bring kind of mobility in the element because that's kind of key and kind of what we all do today, uh, and just make it dead simple to use. And so that's kind of the thrust we've put uh, into our portfolio and enterprise just to kind of make it dead simple and make those huddle spaces even more collaborative spaces than they've been in the past. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I must say, as a video conferencing guy, um, I'm not suggesting for a moment I've been anti-electronic whiteboards. I haven't. But they've been uh, tangential, I suppose, to most of the work that I've done over most of my career. But it was rather telling because at the, at the Infocom event I did two weeks ago, yep. I asked the audience... So assuming that audio is key, right? Without audio, you don't have a meeting. I think we can all, most of us can agree that that's the case. Well, if that's the case, for this audience, right, about 170 people in the room, who here thinks data collaboration, data sharing is more important or video of faces and people is more important? Now, of course, as a video guy, I assumed 80% of the room would put their hand up for video. And they didn't. About seven people put their hand up for video and everyone else put their hand up for data. And it was very, uh, not, not chilling, sobering perhaps as a video conferencing guy. I'm like, oh, oh, you should have got someone from, and I think I even said it in the recording, you should have got someone from Park to do this and maybe you should have come and done the event. So to me, it seems that, and the other one, that's an interesting statistic that came out at Infocom was, Logitech claimed, and I've got no, mm-hmm. I don't know where they got the data from, but I don't see any reason it's not reasonably true. They reckon 50 million Hubble rooms exist globally. Wow. Now, if that's the case, and you know what, even let's say it's only half of that, because it's only 25 million. Yeah. Well, we as an industry, whether it's video conferencing or data collaboration, have barely started. You know, I'm thinking along the lines of, this is an Ingram show, so we should talk about Ingram and their partners. Yeah. The number of resellers out there who've got clients who've got a whiteboard or maybe a 15-year-old electronic whiteboarding technology, which mm-hmm. they probably don't even plug in anymore, yep. and the opportunity to go back to the existing clients and say, by the way, have you seen this, is remarkable to me. It's, it's perhaps almost as remarkable as the number who don't actually go and do it. Yep. Uh, yep. Getting, getting out to your clients and saying to them, here's a new idea it's so much more profitable than going to them or, or waiting for them to ring you and say, I'd like to buy another 17 PCs, please. <laughs> uh, you know, where you make three points margin. So yep. do you want to talk about uh, Ingram and, and the channel community and how that works with you? Because I, I don't have any experience of that at all. Sure. So, so um, <clears throat> you know, I'm really excited about the larger and larger role that uh, Ingram Micro is going to play with us in North America. Um, we, we've got different kind of distribution strategies and Ingram became a partner of ours in North America with kind of the introduction of, uh, introduction of our cap product two years mm-hmm. ago. And now we're extending kind of more of our portfolio to Ingram. Uh, 
um, uh, because they've been a great partner for us in North America. Uh, and so we're kind of looking to expand kind of our footprint within Ingram. So we're really excited about the opportunities that brings us um, in terms of the reach into different types of partners that maybe we don't access today. Um, in, in terms of your comment before um, regarding kind of Logitech's view of the number of huddle spaces, we're, we're kind of in that zone as well. We kind of view it, you know, as somewhere between, you know, there's 80 million uh, meeting rooms on the planet and somewhere between 30 and 50 million are, the, are huddle spaces. So we kind of share that same view of mm. the size of the opportunity. Uh, and we sh uh, share that same view that those, that opportunity has been uh, significantly underserved. Uh, and that's why we, we created kind of our CAP and CAP IQ uh, line as well as CAP IQ Pro, which uh, offers our meeting pro software on top of that as kind of our way as leaders in collaboration for 25 years, certainly in the, in the classroom and now kind of in those huddle spaces and other productive spaces. Uh, and, and the difference is, um, you know, we're, we're bringing in kind of our latest technology. So while we're we're proud of, of, you know, kind of the whiteboards we sold in the past. Frankly, we have really changed our portfolio um, uh, to away from projection capability, uh, which ultimately, you know, while we still will sell whiteboards, um, you know, you mentioned the UK. Uh, in our education business in the UK right now, they're going through a refresh cycle of all the whiteboards that were in classrooms in the UK because the UK had over 100% penetration of their equivalent of kind of K through 12 of interactive technologies in the classroom. It's phenomenal. It's the highest on the planet. Um, the trend of replacement and the trend of what's happening with technology, certainly interactive technology is being led uh, in classrooms right now in the UK. 80% of the, of the interactive displays now being purchased to refresh those interactive whiteboards that have been in those classrooms for seven or eight years is now interactive flat panel technology. So it's a highly competitive uh, view in uh, education, and that is coming to the United States as well. And that's why we've kind of um, uh, given Ingram Micro larger access to our education portfolio, because we're starting to see that trend that happened in the UK, um, with all due respect uh, to the North Americans here listening, um, that's about 18 months behind what's already happened in the UK. And so the great part of my role, I've got kind of... Uh, I can see what's happening with different um, education uh, pedagogies the globally, different education systems, whether it's the very decentralized approach in the UK now, somewhere kind of in the middle um, in North America uh, versus countries that still have a very highly centralized approach to education and technology purchases and pedagogy and, and learning styles and curriculum. So it's, it's, a, it's a very broad uh, brush. Um, so it's interesting to see what happens with those trends. And what we're seeing is, uh, kind of similar trends um, uh, that's happening as well. So, uh, you know, with Logitech's recent announcement, Infocom with kind of their latest very simple solution for huddle spaces, we're kind of in there as kind of one of the suppliers for if you want a great uh, interactive flat panel as part of that Logitech solution, we're kind of part of that uh, solution and we made that announcement uh, at, at Infocom. So, again, kind of, you know, we're, we are basically taking advantage of, different companies that have various strengths and we're kind of bringing our strength in kind of inking and, and uh, collaboration around our interactive flat panels um, to various, you know, partnerships that we have as well uh, kind of in, in the enterprise space. So we're kind of really happy with kind of where we're headed um, and, and happy because there's just tremendous opportunity, Simon, as you're pointing out with all those huddle spaces. 
So I have to ask, right? UK is ahead of the US uh, in this particular uh, form. Mm-hmm. Why? Do you have a, can you point, I mean, I'm sure there's more than one factor, but is there one thing you can say it's because the way the education system set up or because the way they did teaching methods changed or is there any specific, you can say, oh yes, it was because of this or is there a range of factors? Yeah, it, it, so, so what happened in the UK uh, was many years ago uh, under Tony Blair, they decided to kind of, they were much more centralized in their approach to education in the UK market, right? And I'm really kind of addressing kind of our, kind of the K through 12 uh, kind of equivalent in the UK. Yep. Um, and, and so there was uh, central funding and around a consistent approach to technology in classrooms across the UK. And that's why they have this literally penetration rates over 100%. Well, how do you get over 100%? Because in some classrooms, there's actually multiple interactive displays in classrooms. So the UK was certainly the leader. And then in North America, both here in Canada, where I'm at our headquarters today in Calgary, but also in the United States, where I spent a significant amount of time living there, um, um, they reached high penetration rates, but certainly not the same high penetration rates that were reached in the UK, somewhere to the tune of about 60 to 65% of uh, classrooms in the United States, again, K-12, have some type of interactive technology in there. The UK was first, and the UK then went through kind of a refresh cycle because this technology is very well built. Uh, It can last a very long time with proper kind of service, but there's a point in time where you wanna refresh that technology. Since then, right, education in the UK has changed radically. A lot of the the central government funding is gone. It's literally gone from a highly centralized to a highly decentralized model uh, in the United Kingdom. So it's been really interesting now to kind of, um, to be kind of an education technology provider in the UK. And it's a very competitive market. But uh, right now there are still more interactive flat panels sold into education in the UK than there is in the United States. Later this year, that will change just because of the sheer size and scale of the U.S. market. Uh, What that's allowed us to do is obviously kind of learn from what's happened in the U.K., uh, but capture something we're really proud of in North American education because we are the number one uh, provider of interactive flat panels uh, into, uh, into education in the United States. Uh, and Canada. And so we're really, really proud of that position. And what we're really more proud of, though, is teachers gravitate to, to our solutions because of our software. So we made a big investment, Simon, uh, three years ago. We went from, uh, while we love Calgary and it's kind of our headquarters, um, uh, we also kind of diversified where we develop product. And so we created from scratch um, a center of excellence in Seattle, Washington where we went from literally no development resources. We now have about 120 people working for us in Seattle. And a lot of those folks develop our software solutions, our hardware solutions. They do program management. um, And it's allowed us to kind of diversify and increase the amount of resources we've got and have focused on our solutions, whether it's in education or some of the work now that we're doing for the enterprise with kind of our CAP and CAP IQ solutions um, uh, for the enterprise as well. So it was a big change for us as a company. Um, and it's, it's allowed us to kind of not only kind of focus on the hardware solutions that we've talked about, but really kind of what we're doing with software and really kind of making that experience, whether it's in a classroom, a boardroom or a huddle room, just dead simple to use when you're using a smart technologies product. I can really now see why you didn't have the time to talk to me for a few weeks. You've been, uh, been a busy boy, my friend. 
Well, we, we've had a lot going on. Uh, you know, we've, uh, uh, there, there's a lot of changes, a lot of different markets. Um, we're super excited about kind of uh, how our education business is shaping up. This is peak season right now in North America for education because the uh, students are out of school and this is a lot of time when new technology is deployed. Um, we're also very excited about kind of how our software helps kind of interact because also in schools, just like that's happened in, in enterprises throughout the years, um, there are more and more uh, digital devices entering schools as well. And teaching methods are changing to adopt to the explosion of technology that students use at home and that frankly, parents expect their students to, or their, their, their uh, uh, children to kind of be able to interact with in the classroom. And so we've done a lot of work to kind of knit together disparate devices uh, as well through our smart amp software to bring collaboration regardless of type of device. So we've taken a very agnostic approach. We don't care if it's a Chromebook or an iPad or a PC, just something with a browser and you can kind of collaborate uh, in the classroom with our smart amp software, which also by the way, does work on an interactive display as well, but can work independently because in education, you know, it just doesn't happen in the classroom. Education happens, you know, everywhere, and particularly outside the classroom. So we brought that mobility concept to education, just like we brought uh, that mobility and, and the use of mobility and the mobile tools we all need kind of in the enterprise space as well. So it, it has been, Simon, a pretty exciting world for us. Yeah, yeah put it mildly. So, you know, let's, uh, let's have you look into, you're the expert in this call on this topic. So what's this market look like in two or three years from now? Do you see the is it going to be more software focused? Do you think that you're going to move away from kind of monolithic whiteboarding type technologies and more into collaboration software technologies? Do you think it will be bigger in enterprise and the education market will grow, but the enterprise market will grow faster? I mean, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, no. how you think this is going to go. I, I, you know, so, so we really kind of, whether it's an education or enterprise, we really kind of put our focus on solutions. But what we're finding is, um, you know, we've been investing more and more in software um, because we really think that allows us to differentiate our solution. Um, because guess what? There's going to be, uh, you know, more and more features, better capabilities, lower cost on the type of hardware. And let's just kind of use interactive flat panels as an example, right? Um, uh, that will continue to kind of evolve and change and somewhat commoditize. It'll be more and more difficult to differentiate right? An interactive flat panel just on its own, right? So really the key is going to be that experience, whether it's in the whole room or the classroom. And that's really where we're spending a significant amount of our time is both in education and enterprise, looking at kind of our collaboration software targeted either in the classroom or targeted in the meeting room. Um, and, and, and that's really going to be the differentiator. And that's why uh, you know, we get lots of opportunities. We've partnered with other manufacturers of other uh, um, interactive displays on the education side, uh, such, we, such as our partnership with Epson. So they actually have the capability to um, have our notebook software for education with an Epson projector. Um, and they can sell that in the education as well. So they've really kind of focused on not only what we do ourselves, organically, but also kind of what we do with partnerships, whether it was with Epson, whether it's a recent partnership with Logitech. Um, um, and, and we think we'll find us to address these. We'll be part doing more and more partnerships with kind of key players kind of in the enterprise space and possibly key players in the education space in software 
uh, opportunities that we just don't touch today, but that are kind of critical to the success of schools. So other than that, you've got nothing on. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got, you know, we've, we've got a, a great team. We've got uh, lots of uh, aspirations. We think, um, you know, just like others do that you talk to at Infocom. And I think, you know, congratulations on having such a great and well-attended event at Infocom that you mentioned before, because um, um, that clearly is kind of, there's lots of attention in the industry in terms of what's happening in huddle rooms and how to address it. You're seeing more and more simplicity across the industry, lower cost solutions yeah. for those huddle rooms. And, and, and we're going to be right in it, right in that mix. And so, um, you know, we're very pleased with kind of the, the progress we're making. Uh, we've got more work to do behind the scenes. Uh, it'll be fun to be a private company after this transaction because then we'll be even to surprise people even more in terms of what we're doing and particularly with the capabilities of partnering with Foxconn. You know, it's funny. Uh, I wrote just the other day about this, uh, about the way that I've been in the video conferencing space for uh, about 25 years, near enough. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's taken us from then, 1992, until now, to get about 2% market penetration. 2% of the available meeting spaces have video. And I said to in my piece, I don't want to be 71 and go, oh, good, we've got to 4% market penetration. Exactly. But it doesn't feel like it. It, it feels like you and others, Logitech being another good example, are redefining the market and redefining the opportunity, and clients are flocking to this stuff. The opportunities with things like Skype for Business, the stuff that Cisco's doing, that people like Pexip are doing, that that, uh, Logitech are doing at the camera level for these huddle rooms that you're doing for interaction, I feel we're going to actually change the paradigm. And that's people go, well, of course. But that's not been true in my experience in the video conferencing space forever. You know, what we did was we made the product go from $100,000 to $10,000. Then we made it go high quality so people could actually see each other. But it never took off. Not really. And now we're in the position where it's beginning to to really fly. I can't tell you how excited I am by it. And I have to say, I think for the majority of the audience here, you've got to go and look at this stuff because this is changing a market. People have got spaces which need this technology and most people don't know that this stuff exists. They think of an interactive whiteboard as a very expensive thing with a pen on it that no one seems to use, uh, that the clients have for 10 years, and you've patently redefined the success criteria in that market. I can't think of a more successful time. Yeah, and you're right. The dynamics are just so interesting in terms of the amount of change, you know. So it's, you've got to have, you know, there's just more and more mobility because, you know, what is it like rough and tough? 60% of meeting at, at, at meetings have remote attendees. That every one of the meetings I have at my company, right, uh, I've got remote attendees because literally 90% of my sales organization is scattered throughout the planet. So we always have to have kind of collaboration tools that address the fact you've got, you know, remote folks that, so, you know, look at the, the simple fact that uh, across businesses, the amount of, of square footage per employee is rapidly declining. So you've got to have kind of more collaborative tools. There's a huge sea change underway with, with all due respect to uh, companies I've worked with in the past uh, or worked for in the past, but, you know, they're just going to more economical, mobile, cloud-based oper- offerings. That's really where the market's going. Um, and, and I think that's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, shock. And that's the classic, you know, over half of the folks that walk into a traditional meeting room today, which that, that room system 
frankly, started up quicker and was easier to use. And you don't have to bring the IT folks into the room to kind of figure out how to do that. So, you know, there, there's a tremendous amount of sea change. And it, what's really fun is, is to see how different players in the industry are addressing that, right? And, and we're, we're kind of addressing it and kind of where we think our strength is uh, kind of around interactivity um, and kind of bringing in uh, more and more of our um, capability around, uh, uh, you know, learnings and mobility and the cloud. And so we've really brought in some really great talent into the company the last three years from a variety of different leaders in the industry to really kind of augment what we do, bring their knowledge into the company and, and, and you know, drive the fact that, you know, our portfolio is changing very quickly. And Simon, I may have referenced this before, but, you know, over 60% of, the, of our sales today are in products that didn't exist three years ago. So it's an incredibly rapidly changing industry, certainly in the enterprise space, but in education as well. It's fascinating. Greg, you've been a fantastic guest. I tell you, I don't think we've ever had one who had so much to tell us um, in the space between when we tried to arrange the first meeting and when we actually did. So this has been fantastic. Uh, I wanted to thank you for your time. I do hope the audience enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, Greg and I can both be found on LinkedIn on a numerous other locations. And of course, if you want to know more about the smart technologies, which you do want to know more about the smart technologies, you can find it through your Ingram rep or through uh, Smart's website. So thanks again, Greg. You've been a wonderful guest. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Simon. Really enjoyed our conversation. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Good man. And hey, everyone, we'll see you again soon. Our email address is uccinfo at ingrammicro.com and follow us on Twitter at Ingram Micro Inc. <laughs>